Hey guys, welcome to our wonderful podcast, Confessions of a Pastor's Kid, a.k.a. PK. Now, we created this podcast so pastor's kids everywhere can share their story and debunk some of the common misconceptions about what it means to be a PK, all the while telling their very real stories in hopes that a PK somewhere will realize that they are not the only ones dealing with their struggles. This is going to be a very interesting journey, and we hope that you can stay with us the whole way there let's get going welcome back to the confessions of a pk um we get to hear more uh stories from mo martin monique martin uh my name is sam coupon i'm here with my sister dorcas and um mo sephora and um mo mo made it back thank you mo, yes. for coming back hi guys welcome so i want to go back to something you said in the last in the last podcast and and um and kind of talk walk me through some of the some of the lifestyle that 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 you've been through. And he said something that you know he kind of listed some of the things that you went on. I think you shared a little bit about the domestic abuse. Um now I gotta ask, walk me through the selling drug phase. How 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 did that come about? <laughs> yeah, we the people wanna know. I'm sorry. Okay, this is not funny. But we're laughing. I'm sorry. I know. I'm laughing too. I'm trying to straighten myself up. It's because it's like, you know, like when you listen about the silly stuff you used to do as a kid, like your parents will be bringing up stuff. You're like, I did not do that. I know, right? When the word says that you become a new creation, I just Mm -hmm. want to tell you, anybody that really, really experiences that, it is literally like Mm -hmm. you are a different person like Mm -hmm. so when I think about this stuff and when I'm talking to you guys about a lot of this experience it's almost as if I'm talking about somebody else like Mm -hmm. it's not the current me so that's why I can I can laugh about it I'll be like what what?" (laughs) (laughs) so I just want to like make that clear that that verse is so true it is so true Mm -hmm. it's I I I, I'm sorry I'm going to answer your question back in April 2012 I think we talked about it in the first part when I gave my life back over to Christ and I I literally felt a cleansing happening like physically mm. within me and the Holy Spirit brought that verse to me I don't know where it is sorry but I know that is there, <laughs> in there about behold, in becoming, there. yeah, becoming a new creation. And I, f- I remember feeling like, uh, that old me was, was literally dead. Like I had a funeral for her. I don't know anything else about her. She's gone. She's been buried. Uh, don't ask, you know, like don't ask for her. She's yeah. not here. So that, that was like a real experience that I had. So Anyways, well, to, uh, go ahead. I'm so, sorry. So, so that's 2 Corinthians 5.17. Thank you. I yes. Corinthians somewhere. I just didn't know <laughs> Do you have it? Can you read it? Yeah. He said, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, is a new creation. The old is gone. The new is here. Boom. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise oh, the Lord. Yes. Yes. And that, yes. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. So, yeah. That's so exactly what happened. So, 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 yeah, so, so looking back, yeah, walk, yeah. walk us through how, how you got there. Right. So what had happened was um, I got married and uh, my ex-husband um, was a black ops Marine. 
Mm. So the point of me saying that is because (laughs) the things that he had to do when he was away was unspeakable. Like he could barely talk to me. He would tell me some things, but not everything. Um, So he would self-medicate. He would drink alcohol and he would smoke uh, weed a lot. And I never up until this point, never did drugs. But him and I would uh, fight a lot and argue a lot. Um, And this was the only time we got along was when drugs was involved. And so now here I go with a drug habit. So I used to be the one to go and pick up the drugs and stuff from the drug dealer, go sit in the house, smoke with the guy, like this total stranger sitting there, him and his Rottweiler. And we sitting there talking like we've known each other for years. Like, what? can I just have my weed and go? Like, why, why, why we got to pretend we like each other? Um, so I was doing that, but then it was getting expensive. So then my, my ex-husband and his brother got the idea to want to start growing their own or buying in bulk and then selling to the people in the neighborhood. Mm. So when he was wasn't around your girl was over there divvying up divvying it up anything to keep my husband happy i was divvying it up taking the seeds out weighing it selling no nah bro that's not enough like what girl you grew up with all in a nice neighborhood with lawyers and doctors what you talking about that's not enough (laughs) (laughs) you don't know nothing yeah so yeah so that led me into the path of uh taking drugs selling drugs yeah it was just a mess thank you thank you so much mo um (laughs) For sharing that. I um so I remember you said last episode that you know you moved, then you felt like you know you and church were not were not clicking, right? So you kind of went up to do your own thing. Um, and it's a series of it. So fast forward to 2012. Yes. Right. And I think that's also when you were able to talk to your parents about what happened at at age eight. Wasn't that around then? No. No. Okay. So walk walk me through when you talked to your mom and how that conversation went. Opening up to your mom. Um, It was probably um, about two years later. Uh, I... I forgot the the premise of the conversation, but we were talking and I mentioned it and um, she was in shock. She wanted to know why I didn't say anything. Mm. Um, And it was just more shock than than anything that like, oh my gosh, my child went through this and I didn't know, you know? So I'm sure, you know, it was retrospective on her part. Like she was trying to understand, you know, why and all of this other stuff. And plus all the other things that I told her that I never told her about, you know, the suicide attempts and all of that. So over the course of that, the next, you know, year or whatnot, I was divulging, you know, top secret information to mm. her. Wow. Mm. Wow. Wow. And and it, it just amazes me, you know, no matter how far you go. I remember when in college, actually, I was an RA. Um, after I lived in Penny Hall, I moved to Newberhood. That's probably why you didn't see me as much. Um, but um, I, I had this poster that was in front of my you know, in front of my door. If you're an RA, anybody, any RA listening, you know what a door deck is. You have to decorate your doors and all that it's tedious work. But um, you, um, I had this poster that said, 
there is no certain as you've gone too far that you can't turn around. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And 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 your story is an example of that. Uh, there is no far back that you can go <laughs> that God would not be able to reach for you. Yeah. Right. Uh, yes. I think the book, the book of Romans talks about there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. That part. Yeah. Yes. Right. There yeah. is nothing that can separate. There is no mountain too high. There is no river too deep. There is there is just right. no valley too low. And for me, and and, and we're going to start talking about this in a minute. Of you know. Where God begin when you begin to get semblance of okay, I need to start getting things together. I know you talk about the book, uh, the shack, um, and um, so what walk us through how that book helped you, you know, how it was able to make you start seeing the light, so to speak. Um, so I started reading it and there was a section in there, um, that talked about God's loves, um, how much he loves us as his children. Mm. And, you know, I'm a mom, so I can definitely attest to there, there are like no limits. Like you, what my kid, (laughs) you guys know you. (laughs) Okay. You know, so, um, when they use that illustration about a parent loving their child, so it's coming back to me in pieces. I'm sorry. I haven't read it in a while, but it was, it was talking about like, there was a, a scene in there where there was a judge and the judge was saying, okay, so if you're not going to go to hell, I need to send one of your children to hell mm. um, for your, for, for, you know, for what they've done wrong and things like that. And the father was like, don't send any of them. I'll go. I'll, I'll take the blame. Just leave them alone. And that was the illustration that they used. Yes, Dorcas, right? Oh, sorry. So then they, yes. And then they flipped it to God. And then obviously, you know, that's the story with Jesus and with God. And he sent his son in place of us. And oh my gosh, mm-hmm. somebody turned the faucet on within me. That was it. And I think that was the thing that was blocking me from coming back to God. I felt yeah. like I had done so much dirt. I've been living so recklessly, but secretly, because remember my parents have a church. Yeah. I'm still a PK this whole time. <laughs> so secretly I'm living this life, this ratchet raggedy life yeah. and I'm feeling like God there is no way God me really there is no way but he used this book and when that happened it was about a week a week of God just doing renovation within my spirit when I tell you I mean ripping out everything that wasn't working everything that was rotted out everything that was decaying that was dying he was ripping it out and then he was replacing it with his love and his peace and I talk a little bit about this in my book, but I was led to post scriptures all around my house. Mm. And I said to myself, I said, Mo, I said, when you walk in a room, if you pass by the scripture, you have to say it out loud. If you walk back out the room, you got to say that same scripture out loud. So it was in the mirror. It was in my bedroom. It was in the kitchen, in the living room, everything. Then I took anointing oil and I placed it. um, I I prayed over it, but my pastor at the time had prayed over the oil and I put it over my doorpost like the Israelites did for the, Mm -hmm. you know, the spirit of death back in the Old Testament. Yeah, the blood of the lamb and all that. 
I was in there like the Israelite. I was, I was soaking that door. And I said to <laughs> and I said to God, and I said, God, I said, I don't want anybody to cross over this threshold of my front door that you have not sent. If they are here as a trap from the enemy, if they are here to hold me back from moving forward with you. I don't want it. Now you gotta remember my house Dangerous was the prayer. spot. Okay. <laughs> my house was the spot Friday after work. What? Everybody, we going to Mo's, we going to Mo's. We have wine, we have wings. What flavor you want? I got you. We playing games. We like, okay. And I mean, we in there gossiping, we talking, we look planning on sinning for next weekend. Okay. We just in there, like just having a good time. Quote, yeah. unquote. And I put that anointing oil over my door. And when I tell you from the day that I did that, I have not seen some people. Okay. And no matter how hard I tried, no matter how many invites, no matter how many times they, they said they come. were coming, nobody made it across that door. Mm. No, not one person except for my family. That's it. Everybody else, poof, disappeared, vanished. Oh, that was and a dangerous prayer. You need to have a lot of faith to pray that prayer and a lot of trust. <laughs> Not even faith, a lot of trust. Girl, because I was tired of living how I was living. And I said mm. to God, and, and this is my relationship. I know everybody's relationship with God is differently. I talk to God real and honest because of all the stuff I've been through. Like what, what I'm coming to you acting cute for. You you know everything. Like I, let, exactly. me look, let, me, exactly. let me just talk to you how I need to talk to you, okay? Yeah. Like Father so, God, please. Uh, like, right, yeah. like, like, all that got to go out the window. You haven't seen something. So I need, I can't, I can't act, I can't act all cute. Okay. But, but I went to God and I was honest. I said, God, I'm going to die. There was something looming in my spirit. Like I already knew. I said, God, I'm going to die if I keep living the way I'm living. So I need you to intervene. You got to do something because I can't. If you leave it to me to do it, I'm not going to do it, God. And I was honest. And from that moment, that prayer, God was like, thank you. I've been waiting for you to say that. And he wiped the slate clean, wiped them clean. I love that. Oh my goodness. I don't know anybody that's listening. It's like the moment you give God full control and then that's when he starts doing stuff and you start seeing it because it's like, God, you're some, I'm not gonna lie. When I prayed that kind of prayer, I was a little nervous of what I was going to lose, but I still, you know, prayed that prayer anyways. And it was like things falling left and right. And it's like, Oh, 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 okay. You know what you do? Yes. I love. Oh, thank you, Jesus. But I was in a place of desperation. Yeah. I knew I was going to die. When you, when you know that you're about to die, you don't have time to be thinking like, well, but can I keep this shirt though? Yeah. You like, look, give me, give me oxygen. (laughs) I'm about to die. You know, you don't care about nothing. You need Um, a life. A, a safety net. When them para, paramedics are coming to try to save your life and they stripping you down to your drawers, you don't care who's seeing what you out there naked. Look, save me. Yep. <laughs> save me. In all honesty, oh, that, I feel like that's that's something the the Christendom needs that. You know, like I, some, sometimes in the Christendom, it's like being pretty. You know, whereas sometimes it's like, God is like, no, I don't need you to be pretty. Mm. I need you to do this. So like at church, sometimes I'm not going to lie when we go to church and I'm putting lashes on the Holy Spirit. I know the Holy Spirit would say, don't do that. Mm. Put the lashes on. And then when I, I'll be, I get to church. Guess what? I'm looking cockeyed (laughs) because 
you know, the cockeyed lashes. Uh-uh. The Holy Spirit takes over, but it's like. But then I told you not to put you know, messing them up. Like, like really? Uh, oh, you God bless you. Me? You know, um, oh, go ahead, sorry, Dorcas. Yeah, like in, when you say you were in the space of desperation, like, and I know before in the last podcast, you talked about the guy lifting up the gun and put it right on that table and you said you were looking at it like what is happening oh, girl, i cannot let see look i was gonna let my mama listen to part two now i can't you <laughs> mentioned it again you mentioned it again <laughs> she's you're saying that? my tail up yes, yes like, yeah 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 but was that the was that the turning point or you kind of just knew like every time that something would happen or every time let's say um you went out here being holy. You knew that you were going to die. Then it was like, you know, finally it was like, God, I don't want to die. I need you to save me. Or was it like that moment that you were like, you know what? I'm done with this kind of life. What do you mean? The moment when I saw that gun? No, no. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, no, like no. Cause your girl was messed up. No, I just was like, oh, he ain't coming back here no more. <laughs> he done lost his invite. That's it. Oh, <laughs> we gonna so meet you outside, but you ain't coming. So what happened that you were like, I'm going to die if I don't cry out to Jesus right now? I just felt empty. Mm. I felt like something was missing. I just felt I I just felt like something was missing. And I knew like in everything that I was doing, I had people around me. I had guys around me. I had a job. I had my own place. I had my own car. You know, I had, but I felt empty. And when God has called you to be his, you could go as far. You could run. You could do whatever you want to do. But once you're done, you're still going to have that empty. You're going to have that void and you're going to crawl back. You're going to crawl yeah. back. Like, yeah. th- and that's what I was trying to do. Like I said, Jonah didn't have nothing on me. I was like, be a pastor. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm not. Cool. Oh my cool. God. <laughs> no, not me. That you is- know, mm. um, and and being a PK at that moment was just a chore. It was just something I did on the weekends. It mm. was my mm. servitude to my parents. Um, and it was just and it wasn't uh, there was no relationship with God there. There was there really wasn't. Uh, so, yeah. So out of that desperation, I just felt empty and anything I was doing was not filling that void. And I would like to say, guys, that after that experience that your girl stayed on the straight and narrow. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> she did not. <laughs> you are, girl, I was praising the Lord to her. <laughs> girl, I thought she was being sarcastic. <laughs> I didn't. You know, you know I, when the I pause is coming, it got, it, 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 the, the pause. Yeah, it was a dramatic buildup. <laughs> Oh my goodness. No, I apologize I for this. No, I didn't. Now, I didn't go as off track as I was before. I will say that. But your girl was like, look, okay. No, I, I, you know, so I wasn't into drugging and partying and all that other stuff, but I I will say this, the enemy knows your weakness and he will use your weakness. He will get in your thoughts. He will make you obsessed about stuff. And when you become obsessed about things, you become crazed. And when you're crazed, you're not making smart decisions. Mm. And my thing, my weakness was, um, having a relationship. I loved being married as as horrible as my husband was, as horrible as he was. I love 
being a wife. I absolutely, I was like, yes, this is what I was made for. Like, I just, <laughs> like, I just felt like, so, you know, I loved, I was cooking and cleaning and just everything. And so because that fell apart and it didn't happen, um, I just have always been looking for that thing. And because I was looking for it, it led me down different paths because I didn't include God in it. I was mm-hmm. like, God, I got, I got this. You, you could take a break. Thank you. But I got it, you know, <laughs> and I was making a mess, making, a mess. So Sam, to answer your question, the real, real deal did not, it did, my life did not totally flip until about, I'm going to say about maybe five years ago. Mm. I was like, all right, for real, for real this time, God, for real, for real, for real, for real, for real, for real, you know, you know, you be doing that. Okay. For real, for real, for real, for real. Like this is is the time. Yeah. I'm going to stop playing. But God showed me something. He spoke to me and he showed me something and it changed my life. Mm -hmm. And he talked to me about faith. And that's why Hebrews 11, six, it became my favorite scripture because I was in that second part. Like I talked about in the first part of this, Mm -hmm. this episode, I was in that second part, that sand trap where I did not think God cared about me enough to respond to anything I asked him. (laughs) And I thought that it had to be off of good works, good behavior. If I got enough checks on my chart this week, then I could go to God and ask him for this favor. And he's going to grant it because I've been good. God, I went to service. I didn't have an attitude. I helped my dad and I didn't, I wasn't upset about it. I gave, I tithed, I did this, I did that. Okay. So where my man at, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But that's a real prayer though. That's a real prayer. That look, that was a real prayer. That was verbatim. Where where my man at? <laughs> In Jesus' name, Amen. <laughs> and um, and God showed me faith, and He took me to the story of Abraham and Isaac. Mm. And He taught He. And when I say He talked to me, I mean He did not leave my spirit alone until I really got this. So about a month straight, He had me studying this. And he showed me in the story where he gave Abraham the instruction to go sacrifice his son. But throughout the whole entire story, even through his obedience, Abraham spoke by faith. And I remember the part that God showed me specifically when when Abraham was leaving, he packed up him and Isaac were going and and, and some people in the in the village or in their little tent hut. Their tent club saw them and was like, I'm going to just say right now, I'm not a pastor. So when I interpret scripture, I do it in my own language. That's okay. There you go. That's okay. So the people from his tent club was like, yo, Abraham, where are you going? And he was like, well, we going up. We are going up the mountain, but we will return. And Mm -hmm. God showed me that word we. And it rocked my world because you know how many times I read that story and I didn't see it. And I said, how could he say we when he knew what God asked him to do? He knew God asked him to sacrifice, but he still spoke by faith. And so God started showing me that. And then he said, now I want you to walk by faith and I want you to proclaim. I want you to proclaim. It doesn't matter what's being asked of you. It doesn't matter. Still walk in obedience. Still walk to my word. Walk to what I'm asking you to do. But I want you to proclaim. And do you guys not know? God had me study faith right? That summer, that summer, I was only making $19,000 at a job, right? I got a raise. My, I, my, my salary ended up almost tripling. Okay. Within a few months, I was able to purchase a home. I'm a single mom on one income. I was able to buy a house, me with nobody else. Okay. That's faith. I got into an accident 
and a guy rear and rear ended me um, at a stoplight and I was knocked out lost consciousness and some of my memory is gone so Sam when you talk about stuff from college and stuff it takes me a minute to really think about it yeah. I couldn't speak I could not talk I lost my ability to talk and I couldn't count I couldn't write letters I couldn't do nothing wow. God wow. healed me I was able to go to work and start teaching so I talked for a profession <laughs> God healed me and blessed me so through that accident blessed me and then started teaching me about finances and then up my level of living i have never been the same since that bible study with god about faith when he showed me i my life had never has never been the same since so that was the moment and i never turned back hmm. oh now i can say wow. praise the lord right now awesome. you can say praise, praise the Lord. Lord. <laughs> praise the Lord, everybody. Never turn yes, praise God. Wow. And you know, never I, turn back. I have a question. This question is two-parter. Um, in your journey back, in your journey back, what role did the church play mm-hmm. in that? And what role did your family play? The church played zero. For me, in my story, the church played zero. And you have to understand why. And I believe God separated me from it so that I could heal. Because Mm. remember, people was making me not like God and not like church. And I had to find God for myself and how to have a relationship with God outside of church, outside of duties. Mm -hmm. And so what ended up happening, actually, six months after this revelation about faith and everything, about six months later, God called me to leave. Mm-hmm. He called he called wow. me to write. Wow is right. And I wrestled with it. I, I, I fell into a pit of depression over this. Mm-hmm. I wasn't eating, sleeping, talking to nobody because I was like, how? What? What? Leave the church. <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't know. Because we don't know how to function as church has become our identity. What we do in that role and that title becomes yeah. the identity. And God says, No, I want you to find your identity in me, not yeah. in the title, not in all the things that you do and then the accolades that you get at a special event and everybody's standing up clapping, but that has nothing to do with my relationship mm. with you. Come on. I want you to, I want you to find me. So come on, darling, we're going to go away. We're going to go on a retreat together and you are going to experience me because now you guys got to remember, I became a PK at 15 years old. So I never had an opportunity in my adult life to find God and bind myself to God on my own without my parents, without church members, without church duties and responsibilities. And it was scary. It was so Mm. scary. Mm. Wow. But I did it and found my way. And my parents were supportive. That's good. They were actually supportive. And I was so scared because I was like, oh, my God, they're going to be like, oh, I curse you in the name of Jesus. Like, I thought that I was that. (laughs) (laughs) And they were supportive of, 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 yeah, of that decision for me. Wow. It's like stepping out on a boat like Peter. (laughs) You know, it's like it wasn't somebody said something. I don't know if I can say the name. Um, They're an influencer, you can say. They said people would talk about Peter walking on water to Jesus. But this thing and then he was sinking. They were like, oh, he lost sight. But it was like he stepped foot outside of the boat. Mm -hmm. That action in itself is powerful. And that's basically what you did when God said, let's go. 
the initial like oh girl was I scared I was like well where do I go Mm -hmm. like I had to google churches like this was a whole new world to me a whole new world to me wow um so yeah I had to do that without without the the church how about your family how much of it how much of your family were beside you during those times oh our family is so close mm. with or without church. Our family, our family. So my parents, my dad went on to be with the Lord in July. He passed away uh, this past July, oh. but my parents have done an amazing job. And if I may Sam, to any, any parents that are listening, what you do with your children, no matter how reckless they act, <laughs> what you do in planting those seeds, it will stick with them. Like the word says it, we will not stray far. It may look like we stray far, but we won't, we will return. And my parents did such a good job of instilling the power of prayer in our lives, the power of God in our lives. And then they, and then they were like this hands up. Okay. God, like we did our part mm-hmm. now, now is you and them. Yeah. <laughs> so they were always so supportive, always right there. Anytime I needed prayer, anything I ever needed, they were always right there. Always. Wow. Wow. Shout wow. Out to your parents. Yeah. Shout oh, out. Big you know. shout out. I was, hey, I was actually. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dad, up there with my big dad. <laughs> I know. So actually, that's what I wanted to ask you. And, and again, I don't want to make you cry or anything but i got my tissue i'm ready just in case i um <laughs> i wanted to ask you so fast forward you know things seem to be going great you know i remember i got that message from you when you were telling me um losing your dad and then and then you lost your job and then your boyfriend broke up and it just like all happened all at once yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, (laughs) but, but I, I want to, I mean, they all, they all heavy stuff, but I want to focus on, on your dad, you know, um, walk me through how you dealt with that grief or how you dealing with that grief. Cause you know, I don't know. Yeah. It is, it is an ongoing process. So grief is real. I'm going to just say, and when I say Mm -hmm. real, I mean, physical Mm -hmm. grief is actually physical. Uh, you can feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, it sleeps with you. It wakes up with you. It gets dressed with you. It eats with you. It is a heavy, heavy presence. Yeah. I've never in my life ever experienced, I've experienced deep sadness. Now that I've experienced grief, I can honestly say that the times I thought I was experiencing grief, it was not grief. Um, it was a deep sadness. Um, so grief is real. And, um, Again, my family is very close, so we all uh, are very supportive of each other. We talk freely. Shout out to my mom for doing that because my mom was the big communicator with us. And so she has built that family structure that we can just openly talk about our feelings about stuff. And so that is what we do. That's what we did. Um, We just openly talk, 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 cry, 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 talk, 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 talk. And then God, Um, because I was at a pinnacle, I was at a point now where I had to make a decision and I, something I minister to often, uh, is operating correctly in your brokenness. Mm -hmm. When you are broken, you have to be aware enough 
to make the right decision in that moment of brokenness, because if you don't, what you may decide to do will cause further damage. You may not realize it in the moment, but eventually you will see that it's just, it's causing more damage. And so, um, yeah, so in my brokenness, I had to make a decision and I had to talk to God um, and just say, God, you know, for like maybe an hour, I was mad at God, like Mm. for an hour. And then I, and then I let it go. And I was like, you know what, God, you made him and that's your baby, you know? And, and he did what he had to do. He did such an amazing job with my brothers and I, and, um, and just started thanking God. And then it made me aspire to want to be there with my dad and Mm. be close in presence with my dad. And the only way I know how to do that is being in the presence of God, because that's where my dad is. So if I want to be close to my dad, then I need to stay close to God. Yeah. And wow. that was something that God revealed to me. And let me tell you, through this death of my father, it has uh, breathed life into me spiritually. Mm. Um, wow. Yeah, it shook off the stagnancy of Christianity, which likes to form on us. You know, we'd be like, yeah, I'm 15 years in the game. You know, who was that? <laughs> yeah. Like that means something. Yeah. But um <laughs> But it shook off the stagnancy and it just made me become a a passionate and fierce God chaser and made me even more kingdom minded than I was. It made me more spiritually aware and made like just it just elevated my spiritual life. So I like to look at my father's death as, you know, like the word says, God takes all of those things and works it out for our good. Everything. There's nothing left off the list, but we have to acknowledge him in that we have to allow him to do that and he will and so that is uh that's what it's been like wow yeah wow. thank First you so much thank I am, you so much i'm in such an awe <laughs> like oh i'm a fan of yours I'm like, oh, oh, oh you're so sweet oh but, my gosh uh, um so i hear that you also got a podcast called pretty on purpose Oh, girl, yes. Okay. So she's excited about this. Let me, I am so excited because let me tell you how God works. And this is operating correctly in your brokenness. So your girl was depressed with a capital D E, depressed. Okay. Um, When I lost my job in May, lost my dad in July, and then my boyfriend, we were having such a great relationship. I felt like this was the one. Like I was Mm -hmm. all like, yes. Okay. Thank you. Like we see eye to eye on this. <laughs> right. And then, you know, and he fine and he saved and okay, God. And this man up to walked away. I was like, well, I, <laughs> I was like, really? I am. So, oh my goodness. You walked away. See, it was, but anyway, I'm, it's not a funny situation, I, but the way she's telling it is funny. Oh my goodness. Because I can joke about it now because God is so good. So this mm-hmm. is what I did. I ran away. I ran away. I packed me a little suitcase and I said, oh no, this is for the birds. God, I'm out of here. That spirit of Jonah came on me again. I was like, we out. I packed my little suitcase. Okay. And what I decided to do because I was ready to go party. So what I do is this, I usually take a little vacation, a mommy vacation away. Mm-hmm. I started doing this. God, wanted me to start doing this because you know I gotta keep this melanin fresh. Of course. No wrinkles and whatnot. So anyways, I was planning my mommy trip. I usually go in October, but then all this stuff was happening and I was like, oh what? Miami, you ain't ready for me. And I was holding up my little bikini, my little dress and everything. Let's go. I was like, oh, we're gonna party this away. Okay. (laughs) Um and then 
something happened, you know, and something in my spirit just was like, no, no, we're not mm-hmm. doing that because I want different. I don't want the same. I don't want to stay in the same place. And then, and then after the weekend's over, go, sorry, God, you know, my heart, you know, do yeah. I, my little quick, my little quick center prayer, you know? And, um, so I was like, no, God, I'm going to run away with you. So I packed literally a brush. I had no makeup, no nothing. I had one brush. I had, um, my, my laptop. I had my speaker for worship music, my phone and a pair of shorts, you know, mm. and some undergarments, you know, I'm clean. Now. And then, <laughs> Uh, and so I went away for the weekend and I said, God, now this is me leaving. Now I'm in despair. I'm hurting. My father's yeah. no longer here. The man, I was at my boyfriend's house when I found out about my father. Wow. You was here, bro. And you really, and then you're going to walk away in my lowest point. So, you know, I was, you know, I was, okay. Yeah. 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 And, <laughs> and then my job, like I've given so much, I, everything I do, I do 110% and y'all just going to can me like that. And the way I find out I lost my job is at a doctor's visit with my kids. That's how I, that's how I find out. Wow. So I'm in despair. And I said, God, I'm going to Miami. I want you to meet me there. And I, guys, again, this is how I pray. This is me and God's relationship. I know everybody else's relationship is different. I said, God, I don't know if you want to meet me there, but I want to meet you there because I need to know what to do with my life. Cause right now I'm ready to come home. (laughs) I'm always ready to be out. Like anytime stuff is unfavorable. I'm like, all right, God, I'm ready. Put on my cute little outfit, go to bed and be like, all right, now I lay me down to sleep. (laughs) Um, that's my temper tantrum and i know god be cracking up every time i do it i know he do he'd be like this girl is so extra you're gonna be all right girl just hang in there <laughs> but you're so right <laughs> okay i'm gonna go get a cute pajama set on and be like all right lord i'm ready <laughs> like rapture now <laughs> hey anyways so i said god i'm gonna be at this hotel room Please meet me there because I need to hear from you. I took my journal with me. And when I tell you I had the most amazing time away from God, God spoke to me. Oh, my gosh. So I leave from there, had a great time, come home. I'm like, yes. And I'm continuing the prayer. I'm continuing the relationship. And God spoke to me. It was like, your mission is women. And I was like, "Ah," (laughs) because. I'm such a tomboy. Mm-hmm. And I grew up with my brothers, right, Dorcas? You could you could vouch for yeah. this, right? I think yes. so. And girls to me was always catty. Like, I don't please get away from me. I don't like you. Go away. Like, God, you know I don't like women. Why are you gonna put me with them? You know? So I was like, okay, God, thank you for finally telling me what my purpose is. And then, you know, a few short weeks later, he gave me the the brand Pretty On Purpose because all my life, everything that has happened to me, and Dorcas, you said this before, when the enemy takes... What is it again? What you said? What he, what he, what the devil meant for evil. Meant for evil. God, yeah, turns it around for good. So all my life, I've always been sexualized because of my looks. Any men, men that came into my life, oh, you're so gorgeous. Oh my God, you're like a model. Oh, this, oh that. The rapes, the molester, everything was for my body. Everybody just wants pieces of mold, just physically. Oh, you're Mm -hmm. so pretty. Everywhere I go, pretty, pretty, pretty. Okay, great. But guess what? There's more to me than that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so God, made me this way for a reason. God, why you make me 5'11"? Like, seriously, I can't wear all my heels and stuff like that. I always say, if God made me like (laughs) 5'5", I would have the stankest attitude. Y'all would not want to talk to me. So he made me 5'11", to humble me, okay? (laughs) 
But anyways, but God, God's like, no, I made you this way for a reason. And now we're going to use it. So he gave me the, the thing pretty on purpose. And he wanted me working with women. And so I work with women. I go on, I minister to them. I have a podcast called Body Issues, where we talk about all the stuff that we're afraid to talk about in the Christian mm-hmm. community. And we're just candid and open and we have such a good time. And we talk about waiting on the right one and building ourselves up for that man of God that's going to come into our lives. And I mean, it's just, it's amazing. And this community is growing so fast. When when God puts you on the path for your purpose, man, you gotta be ready. You gotta have your yeah. roller skates on and ready to go. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> oh my God, I am, oh, can I so, be yeah. I'm just saying. Yes, yes, absolutely. Okay. Any woman can be a part of it. I love that because I feel like a lot of women, especially Christian women and even women in general, sometimes we need to be reminded that we're made this way on purpose. Like for a reason. For yes. a reason. There's a reason as to why God created us the way that He created us. Yes. So don't shun it. And then the devil can sometimes take it and try to be like, oh, like put Abuse it. And then abuse it. Yes. You know, Oh my, we'll talk after the recording ends, girl. Yes, yes. <laughs> Could wow. we can take over. So uh, we, we, you know, I have I have a couple more questions for you here, Mo, but I want to focus on, um, so Mo said it in, in, in her, in one of her, in one of her answers, she wrote a book uh, and it's called Dear Me, What to Tell Yourself When You Feel Stuck. And, and I cannot imagine any other human being <laughs> who is qualified to write this thing, this exactly. book. And, you know, I saw it on Instagram right away and I bought one for myself and I read it and you know, I was taking notes and it's reflection pages. And, and I'm just sitting here thinking to myself, I'm ahead of a department at my university. And every semester I, 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 I do like a devotion with my, with my student leaders and my staff. And last week, uh, last year we did a book by uh, another author and last semester. And then this semester I'm like, what do I need to do? And then boom, this is popped in my head. I'm like, I, my students will love this. Now there's, there's, there, there's a portion here that you talk about, you know, the, the amount of money that's spent in Super Bowl, right? Commercials, mm-hmm, right? Uh-huh. And it's like 10 million for, for what, 10 million for like 30 seconds? Like 30 seconds, yes. Yeah. And, and, and you made a comment here, and I, you know what? I'm just going to read it. You said $10 million for one minute of your mental space. That is how valuable our minds are. And here we are giving attention to things that do not benefit us for free. Mm. And I read that. I'm like, my students need to, to hear this. And it's yeah. not just, it's not as simple as me saying it to them. They need to read it. They need to get into this. And, and so Mo, I, what was your inspiration about this book? And, you know, because I'm telling you, it's doing good things. You know, and I can only speak for myself and for my students who I gave this to. So um, just, yeah. Tell me more about, about what led you, what, what inspired you to write this? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, first of all, thank you so much for your support of this book, Sam. Um, like you are just blowing me away, seriously, because I never thought, you know, that's like, oh, you know, some people will buy it, whatever. I'm not one of those people that's into like, I want to make a million dollars off of it. You know, I'm just like, yeah. well, whoever it helps, it helps. So thank you so much for your support of this. No problem. Um, I just want to help people. Like I said, I was suffering with all of these things by myself, suffering for so many years, um, quietly. Mm -hmm. And it pains me to think that there's somebody out there that's in the same position or similar positions and they are suffering with nobody helping them. Mm. And so, you know, I go on and I do inspirational videos online and I do all of that stuff. But one day, I don't know, like God just be giving me assignments to do it. I'd be like, OK, God, so let's give it a try. I've never written a book before. Let me try it. So I, you know, I had some practice books that I did a bunch of children's books before I did this one, um, before I graduated to adult books. But uh, <laughs> so I so I put it together and I just said, OK, Mo you got yourself, you know, with, with the help of God, of course, but got yourself out of all these horrible situations that have happened to you, put it into a book step by step, as if you're sitting there with somebody and help them clear the junk out of their mind so that they can see straight, think straight, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I did, but I want to tell y'all something. This is a confession, right? This is confessions. Let me confess something. I didn't have anything about God in the book at first because I was like, well, I want this to be for everybody. And I want it to be, I want to make everybody feel comfortable and I don't want to offend anyone and all of that. Right. And then I was like, you know what? I can't do that because my testimony is wrapped up in God so much. Mm-hmm. I said, no, I'm sorry. I got to put God into this book. Mm-hmm. And when I decided to put God into the book, that's when all hell was breaking loose in my life. Like all <laughs> kinds of stuff was going on. And wow. when I actually finished the book and published the book was on my weekend away when I ran away with God. Mm-hmm. So this was after the death of my father, after the loss of my job and after my boyfriend walking away from our relationship is when I finished up the book. So a lot of those prayers, a lot of those things in there were all added in out of my place of brokenness. Mm. Um, And then before I hit publish, I laid my hands on the screen and I prayed because I believe in the power of prayer. And I believe that God's spirit is alive and well. Mm. And the word tells us, I think it's in Proverbs, but I'm not going to mess it up. But when we commit and submit our plans to the Lord, he crowns it with success. And I said, God, I want you to say whoever reads this book, help them, God, and set them free like you did for me. And every single person that has purchased this book has written back to me, called me, texted me, and said, Mo, you wrote this? (laughs) But they were like, this is helping me so much. Oh, my God, this is so good. Oh, my God, this is so... And I'm just like, God, that is all you. Glory to God. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you for that. I love this book. I really, really do. I'm so glad. I love it. It's just a great book. First of all, thank God for your life. And um, like, do you, I want you right now to speak to anybody that's listening, whether preacher's kid, like anybody that's listening to this podcast, what advice would you, well, first, what advice would you give to the preacher's kid that's listening to this, that's going through something similar that you're going through, going through their own struggles? What would you say to them? 
Oh man, I would say so much. <laughs> I really would. But I I'm I wanna say to you that God loves you. God loves you. Um, he loves you for you. He doesn't love you for what you can do. He doesn't love you for what services you provide. He doesn't love you based off of your popularity, how well you dress, how well you sing. He just is obsessed with you because you are his. And so anything that you're struggling with, you can go to him. Anything that you're confused about, you can go to him. I mean, even if it's your sexuality, if you're flip-flopping between homosexuality and heteros, go to God. He loves you. There is absolutely nothing taboo with God. You can go to him and be honest and open and raw with God. Cry it out curse it out, do whatever you have to do, but go to God and he will fill you up with his love, his peace, and he will send people to you that will help you along your journey. That's awesome. oh, God bless you That's for awesome. that. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mo, um, for joining us yes. today. Um, thank you for everyone for listening in today. I want to end today's uh, podcast with this Bible verse from Proverbs, Proverbs chapter three, uh, verse six. You know, uh, it says, "Seek, you know, seek Him in all your ways, and He will make your path straight." Amen. Other people say He will make, you know, He will direct your path. path. Now, throughout this whole conversation, this past you know, month of, you know, this past two episodes that we've been listening to Mo. Um, one, of, one of the, uh, this is not a Bible verse, but it's, it's something that really speaks to me. It's a song, and it's not even a Christian song, I don't think. It has Jesus in it. Um, it says, Jesus, take the wheels. Um, uh, Carrie Washington? Not Carrie Car- Underwood, but, you know. Underwood. Why I was like, Carrie Washington. Washington. <laughs> you know why? Because I had Olivia Pope in my head before. Sorry. Well, <laughs> Jesus Take the Wheels, um, it, it, it's a perfect title mm-hmm. for, I feel like, I don't want to put, I don't want to pick a title for your life, but, you know, as I'm listening to you, it's like when you finally came to that realization of, all right, take the wheels, you take the wheels. And and another, another song that came to mind, and I was actually talking to a friend of mine today about this particular song. It's a song that was made popular by Chris Thomas, but he didn't write it. It's a, a group uh. that wrote it called God of the God of the City. Um and the story behind that song was this group, they're called Blue Tree from Ireland. And they visit Thailand. And anybody that's listening to this know Thailand is one of the epic centers for sex trafficking mm-hmm. and the red light district. Mm-hmm. And they did something that is very unorthodox for Christian band. They got to play in a brothel and a bar. Um, I'm not going to say the name of the brothel because I don't want to give them publicity. Mm-hmm. But... Um, in the middle of that brothel bar slash bar, uh, the lead singer said he felt God speak to him. As he looks around and people getting drunk and women selling their bodies, he felt God say, I am still God of this city. Mm. I'm still God 
of these people. That's- and I don't know if you ever, I don't know if you ever listened to that song before. That is a powerful worship song. He's the God of the city. He's the God of the people. And Mo, as I'm listening to your story with everything that you've been through in your life, God is still God. And Amen. he's God of Mo, and he's God of Dorcas, and he's God of Sam, and God of Jude and Daniel, and God of every little boy and girl, you know, um, teenager, mm-hmm. mom and dad, man or woman out there that is just feeling like they're stuck. Mm-hmm. Like just feeling like there's nothing left for them in this world. Mm-hmm. God is the God of this city. And he's the God of this world. And if you put your trust in him, he will direct your path. He will take the wheel and he will drive the whole way. And that's that's my advice for everyone listening today, that put your trust in God because he's still the God. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to stop being God. Mm-hmm. I can promise you that. He's, so not, he's not going to stop being God. And so I am so appreciative of Mo coming and talking to us today. Um, Yay. Oh, um, this is fun. It's really cool to talk to you. And again, <laughs> for those of you out there who want to give your life to Christ, uh, we end every day by just doing a word of prayer. Uh, if you can just pray with me real quick. It's a short prayer, maybe two sentences. Father God, thank you for being who you are. I have heard your word today and I want to accept you into my life. I believe that you died for me on a cross. And today I confess my sins. I ask you to come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. This prayer does not automatically make you a perfect person. This prayer actually is the beginning of something great in your life. And I pray that you can seek a Bible-believing church. You can seek a group of community, Bible-believing community around you. we are PKs. Uh, our pastor is the head pastor for House of Faith Ministries in North Brunswick, New Jersey. Um, we'd be happy to have you visit our church if you live in the North Brunswick area. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're in the San Diego area, that's where I live personally. I live in San Diego uh, and my church is called All People's Church. It's not my church. It's a church I attend. Um, it's called All People's Church. We have a great the great pastor, pastor team. And Mo is in South Florida somewhere. No, sir. South? Central, central. Central Florida. <laughs> so, yeah. so uh, well, if people are in your, in your neck of the woods, where can they find a, a church to, um, to, to come and worship? Yeah. Um, if you're in Orlando, you can go to Discovery Church. Uh, they get into the word. It's so good. And then if you're in Kissimmee, you can go to the Dwelling Place Church, Anointed, Anointed Church. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I, I, I'm not going to end this without telling you, please pick up Dear Me What to Tell Yourself When You Feel Stuck. It's only $9.99 yeah. on Amazon pick it up it's a great read um and you know aside from the fact that you will be supporting an amazing woman of god it will actually you'll be supporting yourself because i think this is gonna help you get through some of the dark times that you face and uh, during covid we're all facing some pretty 
grim moment, but I believe that this is this is this is God's way of trying to help you today. And Mo, before we go, is there anything you want to plug? Anything you want to um, highlight going on in your life? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, Body Issues, the podcast um, airs every Friday, so you can catch that on YouTube or you can listen wherever you catch your favorite podcast. And then Pretty On Purpose is for women only. Sorry, gentlemen, but Pretty On Purpose, a very active, very supportive, very powerful group um, that is on Facebook, Pretty On Purpose by invite only. So go ahead and tag in that you want to be invited and myself or my moderators will go ahead and let you in. That's awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Hey, it's been another yes. amazing time spending this with you. This was great. This is awesome. This uh, was fun. I had fun. I had me too. I had a blast <laughs> too. I had a blast too. Hey, thank you. We love you and peace out. Peace. <laughs> wow, what an incredible episode. Mo, we thank God for your life and for your testimony. We know this is going to change someone's life. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And a big shout out to all of you guys too for joining us. We hope that you guys had a blast. We still got a lot more in store for you, so join us next time as we talk to another great friend of ours. Her name is Nana. I promise you, I promise you, she's cool people. So join us on April 15th for episode number 11. Please like and subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Confessions of PK and on Facebook at Confessions of a PK. Thank you guys. And as always, love, peace and chicken grease. Peace.